Isn't God good? Um, aren't we just so glad we're in church today? I, I know I'm glad I'm, we're in church. Um, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm glad that we're in church today is because um, I'm on. A, I'm going to be on a topic that I haven't been on in a while. I, in fact, I, you know, it's always kind of uh, it's kind of we, one of those topics that's kind of always weaved in at the church, whether it's during the offering, whether it's uh, uh, any, any type of message where we're talking about healing or health. We're always kind of weaving this topic in. And so, well, Pastor, what's the topic? You're, and, you know, every time I've been wanting to get on to this topic, the Lord would stop me and he would always get start with love first. And I never thought I would ever get into this topic. You know, ever just feel like something like that? You just like, well, well, Pastor, what are you going to teach? I want to teach on prosperity. Amen. Can you imagine? You're, you're, you're getting ready to teach on, you want to teach on prosperity, but God stops you and says, no, we need to get on love. No, we need to get on forgiveness. No, we know how we need. In other words, if we're going to get into some things, there are some things that we need to just, just lay a foundation. And, uh, and I feel pretty good when the Lord says it's time to talk about teaching prosperity. He says, and, and that means that yeah, you have arrived some places. That means that we have gotten on, gotten in on some places. How many of you brought your Bibles today? Let's pick up our Bible. So this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what this Bible says I can do. Today, I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm about ready to receive. The incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living, powerful Word of God is going in my heart, and it's coming out. And you, Amen. Say Amen if you believe that. And you know, so like I said earlier, we're like we're, we're on the topic of prosperity. So I just got excited. Oh, finally, we get finally. And and I, and I and I began to look at the books of when I when was the last time I really sat and taught on prosperity. It's been a long. Long, like I said, it's always woven into what we teach, but it's been a long time where I sat down, where we got in the scriptures and where we talked about God's promises concerning what he has for you and I. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This means if God is setting us up right now on the topic of prosperity, how many of you know God's going to get something over into you? I, I would be excited if I were you. That means God's bringing something into your lane. Some things that needed to be in your lane for long. Some things that, you know, I mean, and sure enough, like we said, we, we're a church of miracles. We're a church of every, miracles are always happening in this church. And we've, we've, we've taught either miracles are coming to you or going by you. And evidently you're good miracle catchers. But God is wanting to increase you this year. God is wanting to increase you this year, this moment, not tomorrow, not next week. He wants to increase you now. Right. Now's the day. Right. You don't sit there and wait for God to prosper. You just you just know that you're prosperous. Right. You know, one thing I love about our pastor, she says, you know, I, you, you ask you ask a Jew. Well, how did you you ask a Jewish person? How, how did you become rich? And they go, what do you mean by that? She goes, well, how did you become rich? Why, how did you become so successful? I don't understand the question. You have, and, 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 and finally you go, well, why are you so rich? Why are you so prosperous? Because I'm a Jew. Yeah. In other words, you can't, you can't, you can't separate me from the prosperity. But you're living under, under a better covenant. And there's nothing that can separate you from what God created you. 
Now, we touched a little bit about on this topic last week. Did we not? Well, I don't know, Pastor. I, didn't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember hearing that. Well, you need to go back. Because there's miracle flows that you, need, you and I need to step into. And we brought, let's open up our Bibles to Proverbs. We're going to open our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 10. I have endeavored to follow Jesus. Amen. 10.22. We are schooling ourselves into what, what already belongs to us. Things, things that are already yours. We're talking about developing a lifestyle of prosperity. Developing a lifestyle of prosperity. In other words, you're, if you're going to ever walk in what God has for you, you're going to have to start changing the way you look at things. You know, when an economy's down, people get rich. When a company, when, a, when the economy is going down, there are people who know how to get rich when the economy is going down. Do you know that there's people out there that when the economy is going up, they also know how to make money? Do you know that they're every front of you every day? There's opportunities yeah. every day. There's an opportunity. Right. And here in, in Proverbs, and, you know, and, and it, it, it all depends on how you look at things. You could be a person in the back and decide, I'm going to change the way how I see things, how I see life, and your life will begin to change. Because you made a decision to change the way you look at things. It's no different from the guy who's rich from the guy who's poor. The poor guy sees nothing but lack and continues to get what he believes. You're either going to believe that you're going to receive something and you're going to continue on that, or you're going to believe something different and let it change your very core of your life and the very nature of your life. And over here in Proverbs 10, 22, he says, he says, the blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Say, let's read that together. The, the, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That's Bible. That's well, Pastor. I, I know you got one Bible. We got plenty of more where that came from. Amen. Jesus talks about the, the wealth of the world. Amen. And he talks about he talks about you and I, how we are to be stewards of that wealth. Amen. So you got to realize that when you get wealth in your hand, it's not just about you having. It's about you sowing. It's about you giving. It's about you growing. It's about you uh, allowing your influence to influence the world, yes. not you being influenced by the world. Because the world will always try to influence you. Why? Because you're the one holding the purse. You're the one holding the money. You're the one with the bank account. You hear what I'm saying? You know, it's amazing. These folks that live on the... I, I, I talked to an officer a while back about probably a few... Probably maybe a, a, I say a while back, but it, it, I don't know. It may have been in a year or two, but it doesn't matter how long ago because it's, it's true today as it was then. I asked him, I said, you know, what are we doing? Because the homelessness out here is just getting kind of, I've never seen it so many people making a a decision to live the urban outdoors life. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm going to become an urban outdoorsman. And, you know, and and I go, well, what's being done? He goes, you know what? We we have tried to help folks. We've given them. We said, here, you can have a place to stay, place to live, give you Section 8 housing. We'll, We'll do everything we can to make sure you're home. You have a home. And, 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 and far too often, a lot of times, these folks, they, they, they begin to mentally deteriorate once they hit the streets. And once they hit the streets, it's, 
it, it plays, it's, it wreaks such a havoc on their minds. It, yeah. It's difficult for them to change the way they think right, right. because they're, they've been, they've been embalmed with that. When you've been raised in poverty, it takes a while for you to change how you think, how you see money and how you see opportunity. Unless, however, you've grown up into it and you've said, you know, I can't live like this. And so I've got to do something. Then you've made a decision to start making steps to change that. But by then you're making a decision. I'm not living this way. And, And the first step. For, for, for creating a lifestyle of prosperity as recognizing I can't live this way, the, the, the way I'm currently living. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care how, how rich you may think you are or how much you think you actually have. Yeah. Because in God, there's always more. Yes. Amen. In God, there's always more to get done. In God, in God there's, there's a bigger plan. Yes. In God, there's the next phase, the next level. That's right. That's right. There's the next room. Yes. You know, I'm in my second phase of ministry right now. And the Lord talked about talked to me about that second phase of ministry. And he said there's different rooms and I didn't know there was different rooms. And I just thought when you're in a, in a phase of ministry, you're just it's sort of like having a, a two story home. How, you know, there's more than one room in a one story home. But when you get in that second phase of, of the ministry, you forget, well, there's a second story. And in that second story, there's more rooms and there's more, there's more potential. There's more possibilities. And see, your people said that your people need to be with you on that second phase. Yes. That means if I got through my, because most, most pastors never get to their first, uh, second phase of ministry. So I've been paying attention to those things. If you want to ever succeed, you need to pay attention to those things. Yeah. That there's phases in your life. There's there's rooms where your life is growing. You know, when I Pastor Melina and I, we first got married. I mean, we we lived in the winery apartments. We're talking about broke as broke can be. I mean, we're talking about we're making decisions on whether to take food stamps because she's in school. I'm working a job and then I'm working two jobs. And then uh, I worked a, I worked at Walmart during the day and I deliver pizzas at night. And thank God I got to deliver pizzas. Yes. Because I believe God for my pizza delivery job. Because yeah. every day I got paid yeah. with a pizza. You get yeah. tips. Yeah. And then, or pizzas that were dysfunctional pizzas, you know. <laughs> irregular pizzas. You're like, ooh, thank God for irregular pizza. <laughs> I remember times I come home and we didn't have nothing to eat, but we had pizza. Right. Everybody in the neighborhood thought we were Italian. No, we weren't Italian. <laughs> And, and I just, I would just, and I would praise the Lord. I would thank God for my pizza. Yeah. Wherever I was at, wherever, whether, whether I had something or whether I didn't have something. And there was moments in life where we would do this. Like you'd go up and then you'd kind of go down a little bit and go up again and go down a little bit. And you know, over the years, you know, going to our first house, Blessing to the Lord. We're so glad, you know, I'm working, she's working. And all of a sudden things start to go down a little bit financially or something. You get hit with things and, and you, you know, it seems like you're just trying to struggle. How would they say you rate robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? And yet God saying, God says, I don't want you to live that way. Because yeah. there's a higher way of living. Yeah. And then you'd start getting, you start opening up the scriptures, find out the truth, start, start, start standing on the word, start yeah. believing for tuitions. Because on more than one occasion, we're, we're sending our kids to private school. And we're not even rich. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, making a dis, we're making a firm decision. We're sending our kids to private school. And there was times like, okay, I don't know how we're going to do this. Yeah. 
But God, you spoke in our hearts to do this, not to put our kids in and and the the schools of the world, but we're going to put them in. See, see, that's what God spoke to us. And see, wherever God, however God instructs you, the blessing is in how he instructs you. And so we did that. And the blessing was on that. But there was times we're like, oh, how are we going to do this? Times I'm running around the park. I mean, I was jogging around the park wondering one day how I was going to pay tuition for my kids. I'm like, I may have to say, hey, we may have to pull you out. I mean, it was it was it was like that. And we're, I'm jogging around the park. And I said, I said, God, thank you, Heavenly Father. You meet all our needs. You've always taken care of us. You've always taken care of us. And just sitting there crying about it. Not, not crying in the sense that I'm worshiping. The presence of God is so sweet. I'm just, oh, thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for tuition. Thank you, Father God. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you always, you've, you've always brought us through somehow. Pastor Melina calls me up and goes, Marcus. I go, what? The tuition has been paid. I go, what? See, God didn't just do that more than once. He didn't just do that once. He's in that multiple times. And, and, and different avenues. I said in different avenues, he brings money. He brings contracts. I said in different opportunities, he brings money and different contracts from different places that you didn't even think they were going to come. Like, how did they even know about me? Where did they even hear about me? The Holy Ghost has a way of telling on you and finding you. And that wasn't just one time or when we first found our home, the first home. We looked at a lot of dogs with fleas. We're talking about dogs. We're talking about, we're looking at a lot of dogs with fleas. Mixed carpet and this and that. And I passionately didn't want to go at one point. I said, come on, baby. You know, faith makes movement. Faith makes movement. And, and she reminded me the other day when we were looking at buildings again. She goes, she goes, I don't want to look at that one building. Come on, baby. Faith makes movement. Faith makes movement. I go, I don't want to look at any more dogs with fleas. You know, do you know what I mean? You're like, it's sort of like dating. You know, I don't want to look at any more dogs with fleas, you know. <laughs> you got some men, boy, you look like, like he's on a one shower a month program. What's wrong, baby? Don't I look good? Well, to tell you the truth, you're not part of God's plan. Thank God he's the part of the plan. And, you know, here it is, you know, we're believing God for our, our first house and we're just and then when we get in the house, all of a sudden where things are going good. And then 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 this the, there becomes challenges. See, anytime you walk into something more that you can't say there ain't going to be a challenge when you walk into something more. Well, it's part of God's plan. Doesn't mean that the devil's not going to try to resist you. I tell you, he tries to resist you immediately sometimes. Like, you, you dumb, bit off more than you can chew. I don't know how you're going to make that payment. Now you got to buy the kids clothes. Now you got to buy some gas. Now the gas prices are up. I mean, he, he will rehearse to you problems upon problems. But you have got to learn to just speak under that mountain. You got to learn to talk under that mountain. Say, mountain, you be no, you be thou removed. We've always made it to the other side. And you remind the devil how he's not making it to the other side. That's right. That's right. You got to remind the devil. That's you can't right. just sit there, be quiet. That's right. And so jobs would come, better jobs would come, finances would come, opportunities would come. And then the Lord said something crazy one day. You know, it's time for you to move. We, you know, time for you to move. What do you mean time for us to move? 
I mean, we're, we're, you know, we enjoyed, we loved our neighborhood. We lived in a cul-de-sac. I mean, God's hand was all over us getting in that place. I mean, heck, the name of the street was Memory Lane. Come on, how bad? <laughs> How much better can you get, you know? The Lord talked to me. He said, this was giving me my memory lane, you know? But God said, no, I have something for you more. Thank God he just didn't leave us, leave us on memory lane. And so we're in that cul-de-sac. And, then, and Pastor Melina said, and then I go, okay, well, we'll Facebook needs to make a movement. We need to start looking around. And, you know, time goes by and... When you're, you're, you're short on fundage and you're just believing God, and I said, Lord, how are we going to do this? Because you want us to move out of this house and get, a ha- get into another house. How are we going to do this? Because in the natural, you know, when you start falling behind on things, you're, you're like, how am I going to keep maintaining this home? How am I going to get to the next place if I can't even keep this place? And you got something better for me? How am I going to take care of that? And you start questioning things like that. And so I'm in that home. And, and I'm... And, and the Lord starts, I want you to fix this up and fix this and do this, pull this out. I want you to, I want you to put, 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 mow it. I want you to make it look good. I need you to hire a kid across the street because you can't always be mowing the lawn. And, 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 and the Lord says, I want you to hire that young man down the street uh, that comes down that corner. And I need you to listen to me because God's got, a, I got something for that young man. And thank God I listened. Thank God I listened and hired that young man that God called, told me to hire. Because if uh, your obedience affects something more. Ain't that right, Thomas? Thomas was just right across the street mowing lawn, just obeying God, just trying to earn money. Not being lazy. He could have been at home playing video games. But no, he was out there. He was trying to earn some money. I know that that was called bait money to find himself a woman. That's exactly what that's for. Come over in his little Toyota Tercel. I've seen God promote him out of that Toyota Tercel. Now he drives around a motorcycle. I don't know how he got him permission to do that. I never would have gotten permission. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. What was that? He got you on a good day. That's what he got me on a good day. And so here, where was I going with this? I'm teasing. Obedience. Your obedience will pays. And so I just started fixing up that property, started yeah. fixing it. You know, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, but I just started making movement. That's right. Started organizing, started cleaning up, and yeah. started watching the home shows, started learning what it took to sell a house. Yeah. You, you know, if you want things to happen, you're going to have to learn how is this going to happen. That's right. How am I going to sell this house? Yeah. Some people, you know, they, a lot of people, folks got their houses on sale and their houses don't sell in a, in a booming market. Yeah. If your house ain't selling in a booming market, that means you're not taking care of your home. Yeah. Because people, people, people are, are, are looking, are, are really looking right now. The, the market is thin, but it's a seller's market. Yeah. So if you sell your home, I could make a lot of money right now. Yeah, but do, where are you going to go next? <laughs> you may be able to sell, but where are you going to go next? Yeah. That should be, you should be where you be, should be thinking. That's right. yeah. And so we're talking about steps. God wants us to move into steps. Yeah. And so here we are. We're in this step. And so we're making movement. And don't tell me if God didn't speak to you that you, and that there ain't going to be problems. Because one of the first problems we had, right when we're getting ready to sell, a pipe breaks. I could have cried, but just name Jesus now. I quit. I quit. You know, the pipe broke and it was going to be expensive to fix. And, I, and Pastor Melissa says, well, why don't we just have them? I go, no, we can't just have, dig on the cement because all we're going to do is replace the same pipe. And we're going to still be living with the same problem underneath the cement. I said, what we need to do is have them reroute the, the piping and just do overhead plumbing. 
She goes, are you sure? He goes, that's going to be expensive. He goes, it may be a little bit more expensive, but if we want to sell the house, because once you, you know, you know, there's all these steps that create problems. And if you sell your house, no one's going to want it. You can't insure, you know, once you get an insurance claim, you can't insure your house. You can't, you can't, you can't sell your house because there's now an insurance uh, claim on it. And we weren't going to be able to sell it. So I knew if, unless I showed that we made an, uh, an aggressive change on it, that we weren't going to be able to sell the house no matter what. So I had to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you want me? Holy Spirit says, if you do it this way, you won't be able to sell it. But if you reroute it, then you'll be able to sell it. So we routed it and we did it right and, and, and sh- did all overhead. We changed the flow. <sighs> Cost a little bit more, but guess what? We got it all back. Yeah. We got it all back. Right. When it was time to sell the house yeah. and, and God said, here, I want you to. And, you know, we didn't question. God just said, sell the house. We didn't know where we were. We, we thought we had a home. We thought we had a home. You know, you have your, this thought in your mind. See, I'm, again, we're talking about a, li- a lifestyle of prosperity. Yeah. See, you're making movement even when you don't see things happening. Yeah. We, we didn't know where we were going to go next after we sold our homes. Thank God we had some family that we could stay with. <laughs> hey, it's only going to be a couple months. So we've, we've already got the house. And then the people that were going to buy the house said, no. Yeah. Are you sure you heard from God? Are you sure you heard from God? Boy, that's what the devil will, will tell you when you're laying in your bed next to your wife, in that tremble bed, laying next to your wife, and you've got three dogs, three kids in a house, cramped into two rooms, and even your mom saying, uh, well, how long, much longer do you think it's going to be? <laughs> I mean, we love you all, but... I mean, you, it was only supposed to be a couple months. I go, Mom, I know... But again, you're just trusting what God told you. You're being obedient to follow the plan. Didn't say there weren't going to be no challenges. Everybody thinks it's going to happen. No challenges whatsoever. No, no, no problems whatsoever. But during that time, we paid off a lot of bills. We reduced a lot of debt during that time. And so while we're doing it, we're like, you know what? This was not the best way of doing it. But in the end, we eliminated a lot of debts. We were able to. Uh, we had this amount of money. We were able to put a down, nice down payment on our current home. And we're like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then, and then after a, a year in owning it, then we realized, oh, we have to replace those ACs. Oh, no, oh, no. Now we have to replace the ACs. No, we got to replace the ACs. And, and the money always comes. The, always, the, the situations can always turn. So whatever situations that you face, uh, the, the, the lifestyle is obeying God. Because God says, I have something more for you. You guys weren't all there when we were looking at all the different houses that we looked at. There was a house on Brian that I tried to get in on Brian here off, off of Matthew. Try to get into it. Try to get into it. No, no, no. Person wanted more uh, money for what the house was actually worth. The, the, the house wasn't even appraised that they wanted. They wanted. They wanted L.A. prices. I want to say L.A. prices because that was you or San Francisco. You you would have gotten a much nicer house. Um, you wouldn't have gotten that house. They just thought they were giving you a good deal. They weren't. I, I don't know what they were thinking. They, I guess they thought bamboo floors was going to give them an increase of one hundred thousand dollars and without the rest of the sweat equity. Right. 
And so here we are, but the Lord instructed us. He said, and I, and I, I mean, I said, Lord, I'm making movement. I go, and I'm, I'm pushing, I'm pushing to where I'm beginning to strain mentally on this thing and beginning to toil how to work and how to talk to them. And, and it is getting, I feel like I am laboring and I, and this is consuming me. And then I am just like, finally, I just said, you know what? I quit. I said, Lord, you're going to have to help us find the place where you us need. And then, um, and I remember Pastor Malia saying, you know, I go, I go, and I was just praising where, I mean, I'd driven through this neighborhood and I saw that home before. I go, man, I sure liked the, I like that house. But when you ever see what driving by a house, he goes, I'm not going to covet that house, but Lord, but if that's for me, yeah. uh, I like that house. And uh, I just saw it for a moment. I go, like, oh, boy, that's, a, I've always liked that corner house. We have driven by that over the years. We've driven by that corner house. And then I remember the first time I went for sale, like someone snatched it up real fast. I'm like, oh, dirty dogs, snatch up that. We didn't even have a chance to put a bid on it, dirty dogs. And then, um, but, you know, just because we didn't get it then doesn't mean God didn't get into our house now. Because that's where we're living. That's where we're living. And they made it look way better than the previous owner. They fixed it up. They made it pretty. Yes. Say that again. Yeah. The, the, year, the year that the Lord told us to move was literally almost five years before we actually moved. Mm-hmm. But the year that God put it in our hearts to move into another home is the year that they bought that house and completely remodeled it. So we actually didn't move for about four to five years. So the Lord will always tell you something in advance, but you do have to prepare for it. Think about it. They were preparing that house for us. We had driven, we had driven by that house countless times. We drove in through all these neighborhoods, and it was sitting there the whole time, waiting for us, getting done just for us. And you can really begin to start to feel down on some stuff. Why? Why isn't this the right thing showing up? Did I hear from God? I'm telling. We have got to learn to hear from God, stay, stay on it, and not quit. Do you hear what I'm saying? Go ahead. And when um, that house did come up on the market, like five years later, they had completely remodeled it, and they didn't actually even want to move from that house. They didn't want to move, but they had a family member that couldn't make the steps, and so they loved that house. They loved it. They loved it. And so, um, in fact, after we, the, towards the very end of yeah. that fifth year that we were believing God, or maybe four, four and a half, five years, we started saying, if there's someone in our house, Lord, get them out. Yeah. If there's someone in our house, get them get out. Get them out. Yeah. And then the house came available. But here's more important. We were sitting there in the park. I was, um, I was, Pastor Molina had given me some seed to sow. There was some seed, so the Lord told us, "You need to, in order to get that house freed up, you need to sow. You need to sow the seed." The, the second time we sowed seed, God wanted us to give even more. Well, I thought we already sowed a seed. The Lord said, I, "You need to give more." It's like, boy, I got really challenged on that. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, it's just about everything for this month. What are we going to do if we stop? I go, how are we going to get in this building, giving our money away? You know, your thing, how are we going to get in this house by giving, give, giving our money, you know? Because what we're doing is we're taking away literally yeah. from our, our down payment, you know? Yeah. 
And so I'm taking this money out, and I'm in the parking lot. I have that check in my hand. I say, okay, Lord, I thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you that that house is coming loose. I go upstairs. I drop that thing. And I decided I'm going to look on realtor.com. Just, just look at the website. Just open it up. And I go, and all of a sudden, the phone, I don't know if you called me or someone else. No, because I remember looking, seeing it. And then I, and I think I called you right away on it. And I called her, and then we called the realtors. Hey, we want to look at this house. This house just came on the market right now. Yeah. And we, because can we look at it? It was a Friday. I remember it being a Friday. We went in there. We looked in there. and said, we want this house. We're not going to wait. We're going we're gonna to pay for what they wanted. And we got that house. That, that house wasn't even on the market a week. And then we got it, baby. Amen. Got it. We went. We saw it. We like, we went. We saw it. We knew. But it opened up when we obeyed. It opened up when we decided to, we, yeah, the step, many steps of obedience. I like that. Many steps. See, the lifestyle of faith, the lifestyle of prosperity, there's many steps in obedience. There's not just a step. There's not just a Hail Mary. Do you know what I mean? This is, just a, this is a lifestyle. And this is where people miss it. They just, they get hung up on it just being the one-time offering. I'm going to give all my, see, because you're going to hurt yourself just doing it all in one step. No, it's a lifestyle. All the little things, obeying in the personal lifestyle, keeping your mouth, talking the right way, not, not, not crying, not kicking your feet, not getting upset, not throwing a fit because you're not exactly where you thought you should be. See, those are the things that undermine your faith. And over here in Psalms 35, let's open our Bibles. I, I should have told you, open our Bibles. To Psalms 35. Open your Bibles to Psalms 35, verse 27. Boy, I've done more preaching today than anything else. I hope I'm helping you. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, you know, I, there's countless people out there who had nothing. Mothers who with children, fathers with, you know, single parents, um, People who were older in their older years, God would give them an idea and they would prosper. God would prosper them. God would prosper. And, and God will prosper you if you obey him now. Learn to st- obey him on every little detail. And over in Psalms 35 verse 27, he says, let them shout for joy. And be glad, who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Come on. That's Bible. There's There's more to that. That's just not that. There's more scripture that talks about the goodness of God. So much, you know, the word is so rich, so full of life, so, so, so full of many great precious promises because God will, the whole emphasis of last week is how God will reward you openly. That's what, that's what Jesus said. Whatever you do in secret, God will reward you openly. And then he says, not only will I reward you openly, 
But he also said, he continually just says that. He continually says, he goes, and, and with, with the reward, life eternal. Yeah. In other words, it's not just over there yeah. that there's rewards, but there's rewards here now. That's right. That's right. There's on earth as it is in heaven. That's right. There's no poverty in heaven. There's That's no right. lack in heaven. Right. There's no disease in heaven. That's, right. Amen. That's why the scripture says, come buy bread from me yeah. with no money. And you ever wonder, you ever wonder why Jesus says, come buy, no, come, come buy bread, come buy milk with no money. What is he saying? He says, what you're trying to do is you're trying to connect on a, on a, on a, what's the word? On a uh, Babylon system where there's money involved. There's an exchange of money. Money is just a tool. See, it's a different way of thinking. See, when you learn to think different, you understand that money is just a tool. It's not your Lord. It's not, it's not what gets you up and causes you to do things. Do you hear what I'm saying? The world is, the money is their Lord. They serve money. No, money is a tool and I just use it. No different from a hammer. It's no different from the door. It's, it's no different. And so when God, when the Lord talks about that banking system, he says, I want your, the word of God to be embanked on the inside of your heart because that's where the money's really at. That's where the wealth is really at. That's where the rich flow is really at. That's where you're really, and that's how you're going to prosper. Because when you're trying to go out there and just hustle and make money, you fall every time because you're trying to make money. It's, it's, it's just an important thing to, 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 to oh boy, I tell you, what I'm about ready to get into, I'm, I'm just, I, it blessed me. So uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Because here's Jesus, he's talking to the rich young ruler. He says, but, but behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may ha- have eternal life? So here's, here's the thing. The world already knows it's falling short. It doesn't know why, how it's falling short. Right? It already knows it's not right. That's how the world is. It knows. It knows that their hope goes, well, I try to be a good person. They already know. They're, they already know. If, if, if there's that thought already lingering in the back of your mind, I hope I'm. I hope I'm going to heaven. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm. I'm hoping I'm doing things right. Yeah. Then that's how you know they're already connected to the wrong system. Just that thought alone tells you you're connected to the wrong system, uh-huh. right? So he said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments." Now notice something. Jesus is always, always sets things up. He's not saying that he's not good. He's just setting this. He's, he's finding out where this guy is at. He's finding out where his heart is at. And he said to him, why do you call me good when no, there, where there's no one but good but God? But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said, which ones? Jesus said, he said to him, which ones? Jesus said to him, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, nor shall you bear false witness. Honor your mother and your father, and you shall live, you shall love your neighbors as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? So you notice he notice he's still lacking something. You most people think if I'm doing all those things, I must be doing pretty good. And leave it, you know, because God deals with people all at a whole different everybody differently. And obviously he's felt like, you know, there's something more here that I need to get into. That I'm not that I'm not touching. And Jesus said, if you want to be perfect now, now we've taught enough on this word perfect. What does the word perfect mean? Mature. Mature. 
If you want to be fully mature, fully grown and mature spiritually, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasures in heaven. Come follow me. But when the young man heard the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. Now, most folks stop right there. They, they assume that God doesn't want them to have anything because that, that, that's why it's so important to keep reading. Keep it going, right? Most folks, you know, they build theologies out of stuff like this. And then Jesus said to the disciples, surely I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, see, there's proof right there. It's hard for a rich man to enter into heaven. Don't stop right there. Keep it, keep it moving. And again, I said to you, it is easier for a camel uh, to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Oh, see right there, pastor. See right there. No, keep it moving. Boy, it's amazing how people will just stop and build theologies out of stuff that's, that's just not right. Yeah. And when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished. Well, why were they greatly astonished? Because they're Jews. They don't know what it is like to be poor. Yeah. If you've been a part of a rich family, mm-hmm. it would hard be hard for you to understand right. what it's like to not have anything. I had one kid visit my house one day, a child, a, new, a kid who came from a rich family. And she walked in, into one of the kids' rooms. She goes, oh, this room's small. And I thought that room was big. I was like, hmm, she got a different way of thinking. Here, I thought I had a nice big room. Boy, she, I go, she's going to really like this room. She's going to really like this. She goes, why is this room so small? I'm like, hmm. You know, you know, funny how you think about yourself? You think you're like, oh, this, oh they're going to just, just love this. And they walk, oh, this room's small. Like, I'll tell you who that was later on. Pastor Malin's wheels are spinning. I went, well, who is that? And the disciples heard it. They were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? Well, then who can be saved? These Jewish guys, well, then who can be saved? And I love Jesus. He didn't leave them hanging and just say, nobody can be saved. And just close the book. Well, you're all rich. You're all going to hell then. All every one of you Jews is just going to go to hell because you're rich. That's not what he's saying. That's why it's important. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Because yes. li- if you want a lifestyle of faith, you're gonna, in other words, you're going to have to know everything. You just can't just go off of one tidbit of truth and just think you're going to be okay. Yeah. That's why you need the entire word. That's why the, you know, people say, I, I believe in the entire counsel of God. You, you hear people talk like that, usually indicates they don't, because they don't, they don't even know the whole full counsel of God. Because <laughs> I don't even know the full counsel. But I know one thing is I, I try to get to know everything that I'm talking about. Before I say I believe in something and then get hit with something. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? No, I don't believe that. Well, I thought you believed in the full counsel of God. (laughs) Come on. And when the disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, "With, With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Come on, all things are possible with God. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left an left all and followed you therefore sh- what shall we have so jesus that's, that's a good question yeah. that's a good question most people see the thing i love about peter is peter always asks questions uh-huh. maybe even if sometimes if it's a stupid question or a yeah. stupid statement at least he's willing to put himself out there yeah. because a lot of people think dumb things and they don't they let it go by and they let it sit there and they don't and then they don't ask questions and then they'll end up with bad doctrine bad way of looking at things yeah. And they don't get help. 
See, you can't help someone who doesn't if you don't know what they need. You see these folks getting into businesses. They don't ask for help. People who, who work, who are employed, they don't ask for help. And they end up suffering, and the people around them suffer because they don't know how to ask for help. And guess what? There's always answers if you ask for help. And thank God, prosperity understands if I want something better to improve, I need to learn how to ask questions. Do you hear what I'm saying? A lot of folks are suffering because they don't know. They're so full of pride. They don't ask questions. They don't ask, how can I make my life better? What do I need to do? And and if they do ask questions and they get their answers, well, I'm not willing to do that. Well, then that's two different things. Because they ain't, or what was that? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. You don't know nothing. Because if you know, then why is this, why is this problem existing to, to, to begin with? Don't say, you know, you know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh-uh. That's, no, you don't know nothing. I remember when I was a little kid and I told my mom, I know, I know, I know. She goes, no, you don't. You're too little. Shut your mouth. You're ignorant. You don't know nothing. We're big, you're little. God's big, you're little. That's why he says, my ways are not your ways. That means I'm giving you a standard that's higher than yours, but you can live at this high standard if you surrender your own ways of doing things. But you see, your life will never change until you're willing to let go your old way and old habits of doing things and become mature, like we said earlier. Amen. So Jesus said, and surely I say to you, this man, this, this in in the regeneration, when the son of man sits on the throne of his glory, you have followed me. And will sit on the 12 thrones and judging with the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jesus said to him, who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or, or children or lands for my sake, that you shall not receive a hundredfold and inheritance. And, and, he said, not only receive a hundredfold and, and, etern- and, and eternal life. So you're not just going to get a hundredfold here, but you're also going to get a eternal life Come on. so you can't be hung up that if oh if i just you know give up this way of doing things i'm just gonna miss out you know i'm not i'm not gonna be able to have fun anymore following jesus look you're gonna have way more fun that's right that's right i had a friend of mine we were in, we were in the um, ordering coffee at some uh at uh at a coffee shop and one of the guys who i grew up with Reached out and goes, hey, Marcus, how you doing, you old guy? I go, I'm doing good. He goes, he goes, man, we're getting older. I go, you know what? Ain't it good to, not many of us got to get older. Not many of us got to get older. Uh-uh. We got to get older. A lot of folks didn't get to. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful I get to get older. I'm, I'm glad I'm an, I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy this. I ain't going to feel down because I'm, I'm going to do this the right, because I'm following Jesus. I'm following his way of doing. There's a lot of people who decided just to do things their way, not do things God's way. Just, just hard headed, stiff necked. Bible talks about being stiff necked and it was funny, 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 stiff neck and, and a, a stiff neck and a stiff back or something. There's others. What, is there what, besides stiff neck? What else does he say? Huh? Hard-hearted, stiff neck. Well, stiff neck means you, you're not turning with God. You're just so, you, you don't turn with God. You just kind of do your own thing. Yeah. You may be saved, but you know, you're kind of doing your own thing anyways. You know, there's a lot of folks that are like that. Go to church when they want to go to church, eat what they want to eat, sleep with whoever they want to sleep. 
And thank God. And then they get upset when things don't work out. You think it's all God when really they just open themselves up to the devil. Right. That was free. Amen. But, you know, it's funny. So, again, there's a reward not only here and, and there's an inheritance of eternal life over there. Well, why doesn't it promise you eternal life or a hundredfold in heaven? Because there's, I, I have this, I have this, I've heard people who go to heaven, they say there's so much wealth in heaven, it's hard for people to get used to it, who've never lived that way. They, 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 they don't need it there. It's because, can you imagine having so much you don't really need to have? I have everything I need, I don't need it anymore. You know, one of the worst persons that used to, the, the hardest person that used to shop for was, was my dad. He had everything he wanted. You go, eh, I already have that. You, you know, you see, it's hard to it's hard to buy something for somebody who already has everything. Yeah. Well, what can I get him? Especially because it's well, I want this. Well, what they want is <laughs> you're like, oh, that's going to cost more than <laughs> you know. But that's but see, here here's the thing: everything is taken care of over there, and yet God wants to move you into something's over here. My kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, wrap your brain around that there for a while. Come on, isn't God good? I'll tell you what. We are going to move in more this year. But it's, it's going to be as a result of moving there purposefully. You, you, whatever comes out of that heart and whatever comes out of that mouth, whatever, what it, you know, that's why the scripture talks about whatever comes out of your mouth, you know, talks about the heart, the intent of the heart. And if your eye is being dark and, you, and it sees things through a darkened lens, if I see things in a dark way, that means I have to start, I have to stop and, and change the way how I see things. If I want to prosper, I'm going to have to change the way I see things. So to this morning, Let's just confess this out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, today I make a choice. I make a decision to see things differently, to talk differently. Boy, I tell you, once you start just making those subtle steps of not being negative, stop complaining about other folks. Stop complaining. Love your neighbor. Yes. And you know what? One, one thing I learned, if the Lord talks to you about your attitude, how many of you know it may be because the reason why there's an outcome of what's coming out of them is because of what I'm putting out. If, if, if the outcomes of life aren't working out, I got to think about what's coming out of me. What am I saying that's bringing the outcome out, out of them? Because each and every one of us can make a serious change and a direction in the flow of our lives. Amen.